0: Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you've decided to join my podcast, Dame Julie, today. This week, we're going to go off uh, in a little bit different direction than last time. We're going to be interviewing my daughter, Kayla, who was adopted from China when she was eight months old. And we're going to talk about our trip to China when uh, she was 13. <laughs> My great pleasure now to introduce you to my daughter, Kayla Kozicek. She has a different name than I do because her dad's name is Kozicek. But, uh, and at the time that we got married, I wanted to keep my name because I thought it was important to continue my professional uh, name. People knew who I was in Wyoming. And also because at that time, many more women were keeping their names to show their independence in marriage. But... Kayla was adopted from China, and she joined us at eight months in, in 1999. And we didn't go back to China right away. We did participate in some Chinese groups, and she wasn't real excited about those groups. We let her choose how much of her Chinese heritage she wanted to pursue. But finally, in uh, as she got to be a teenager, she started wanting to know more about her roots and maybe why her mom gave her up. And I paid for some counseling for that. And they said, well, don't go to China until she wants to go. And I opened our local newspaper and there was an ad to go with the Caldwell Chamber of Commerce to China. And it was a really good price. And I said to her, would you like to go to China on this Caldwell Chamber of Commerce trip? And at that time, she was about 13 years old. It was in 2012. And she said yes. So uh, I'm so pleased to have her here. And Kelly, you want to give them a little background on what, how old you are now and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, that's um, great. I'd love to talk about that. So I'm currently 23. I just recently graduated in May um, from Montana State University over in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I got my degree in chemical engineering, and now I'm working down... Um, at Los Alamos National Lab in New Mexico so and what do I, you
0: do down there
1: uh, I work with uh, their bioscience division and I am doing some work on algaes for uh, biofuels I
0: was I thought about you today because on public radio they just had uh, some information about how our reefs are kept alive with algae mm-hmm. and yeah. that that's Finding ways to get algae to grow as it gets hotter is real important to keep the reeds alive. And I thought, well, that's the kind of thing Kayla's working on. So it's really wonderful that you're doing that for us. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: Sustainability is such going to be such a major issue in the future. Well, today we're going to talk about our trip to China together. And uh, my husband, Peter Kozicek, also went on that trip. And that's unusual, you'll find as I talk about our trips on the various podcasts, because he does not like international travel. He doesn't like to be on the plane a long time, and the only reason he went is because Kayla asked him to go. And... Uh, He will do anything the kids ask him to do. So he did go with us, sort of. Sort of. There was a (laughs) lot of sleeping on the bus. There was a lot of sleeping on the bus. And if it was an overnight stay in any hotel, like if the bus went out in the morning and then we were coming back at night, he wouldn't get on the bus with us. He stayed back at the hotel and worked out. So we can hardly uh, say that he was the big adventurer on the China trip, but... So my first question to you is, is there anything uh, particularly memorable about the Chinese trip that you, I know you said you'd forgotten quite a bit of it and you were a teenager, but, but is there something that really sticks in your mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, it might sound a little bit cliche, but going and seeing the Great Wall of China and being able to walk it was definitely one of the most memorable parts that like stood out to me. Um, just being able to see all that history and just think about how much labor and all that went into building that and how it's now still standing and open to the public, still see parts of the wall is just crazy. Um, along with that, I would say just the amount of people That were constantly around in the cities and where we were, even in the rural areas, it seemed like there were tons of people, Um, and that was just a little bit different coming from Boise, which, as we know, is is a growing city, but it's just on a different level, I would say. Right. Well, that's
0: really interesting. We I should have a little bell that goes ding, 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 because I wrote my answers down too, (laughs) and my first is what was particularly memorable, and I have the Great Wall of China. And uh, just for those who are listening, it's a series of fortifications that was built over several centuries. It's UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's more than 13,000 miles long and has been around since uh, for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, if you've never, that would be, in my mind, if obviously people listening probably haven't been there, but if you haven't been to China and you do get the chance, that would be, you would not want to miss it. Mm. I think it's just, it just really is such a, an amazing structure. and, And you can feel this history that, because this is way, way before European history. This was to keep out marauding invaders. And I think it just tells you what a long history China has and why maybe they don't get as upset about things as we do because they have this arc of history to, to see right before them. The other thing that's really interesting is that I couldn't believe how many people there were in China. And it, of course, Beijing is one of the largest cities in the world and we flew into Beijing. But it's really hard to talk to people about how tight everything is. When you're driving, you look out the bus windows and we'd all go, ooh because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, I'm glad I'm not driving the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and all these people on bicycles, hundreds of thousands of people on bicycles, just biking by at high speed. And I, they didn't have, they had a lot of cars, but they didn't have cars like we did. Not, not yeah, near they're very small, very small cars and a lot of biking and a lot of strange biking vehicles. You yeah, can like ride around and... <laughs> in the vice bicycles. So, uh, Uh, Besides the Great Wall, what did you like most as part of the trip?
1: I would say just being able to see a diverse landscape. Uh, We did cover quite a lot of ground on the trip. um, And we actually went to like an open air market uh, in one of the areas. We were told not to purchase anything just because we weren't sure of the quality and if it was safe to eat um, but I thought that was really interesting just like seeing the different cuisine that they had out uh, for sale there were bugs there were just full fish you know um, and just like a, such a variety um, and I just remember it's so like distinctly and just like smelling the foods and seeing all of the the people that were there just like to buy their groceries Right. And it
0: was, uh, the other thing I remember about the markets where they weren't particularly clean. I mean, there's yeah, a, a yeah. different standard of cleanliness and we've seen that a lot of, on our trips is that, the, the uh, American level of public health in terms of eating and food is very different than other locations in the world. So, um, I liked, uh, some of the fine architecture we saw, I was fascinated by the um, Forbidden City. Oh, Remember yeah. the Forbidden yeah. City? And the thing about the Forbidden City for people is that it was a closed-off temple, but the women who lived there really, they would all be wives of the emperor and really were trapped. So, I mean, it was... It was a great honor for your family to be chosen, to be part of the mm-hmm. the uh, royal family, and yet you're practically giving up your life in terms mm-hmm. of any kind of freedom. You're locked into this these small little rooms, and you had barriers so nobody could ever see you, but the royal person, you they were screens. You could see through screens into things, but you didn't really get to get out and right. be part of the world, so... That was to me a real example of um, wonderful Chinese architecture. It was just absolutely beautiful. You cannot imagine how beautiful it is, and yet the people living there had very constrained lives.
1: Mm-hmm. And kind of along with that, the women that were there—I mean, they had the foot binding, so it's—it's it's like they—they they couldn't really get out and walk a lot if they—if they, if they no, chose to. No, they weren't
0: capable. Mm-hmm. They just—they—they. They, Women were just very restricted in China in ancient times, and even somewhat today compared to what we do in this country. Mm-hmm. But not compared to like when you look to the Taliban in Iran. Iran. So I mean, it's it's there's different levels of how much opportunity women have across the world. So uh,
1: what did you like least? I would say the thing I like the least would probably just be not having potable water straight from the tap. Um, It was really hard to just be able to be like, oh, I'm going to go brush my teeth. But I have to remember I have to use this bottled water because the tap isn't safe to use. Um, And it's just it was very interesting for me to have to consciously think about that when here we we generally have very safe, clean water to use on a day to day basis.
0: Yeah, i I found that very difficult they had signs for our listeners on actually on the mirrors we were staying in five-star hotels they were fabulous hotels that's what's so interesting about uh this contrast between the water and the hotels. We were in these absolutely gorgeous hotels. And then there'd be a little sign on the mirror that said, don't forget, do not drink the water. So it isn't like when you go to Mexico and you probably shouldn't drink the water because we're not used to the water, but over time you might get used to it. You just cannot drink the water in China, and they know that. And they, they even tell you not to get it in your mouth when you're in the shower And we had one woman on our trip use a a neti pot with the water. Remember that? Yeah. And she actually ended up in the hospital because uh, you just can't do anything with the water. And I think that's just really hard. Talk about uh, appreciating our public health system uh, they're responsible for why we have water in this country, and we know from Detroit that when you lose water, you can have just as bad a problem as uh, a foreign country. But they they accept that all over the country. The other thing that I did not like was the restrooms, and I forgot about that. It yeah. was probably blocked out from my memory, but it's coming back. Yeah, it was a terrible <laughs> experience. the The restrooms for ladies. I don't know what they're like for men. But they're just holes in the floor, and
1: they're not very accessible for people, especially that have disabilities. It's it's like a it's a open pit squat. So like if you're going in the woods, um, it's that. But you're going in the restroom. It's just mm-hmm. and sometimes people
0: miss. So then you don't want to step in the wrong place, and so it can be just very problematic using a back to that you want to. J- use the five-star hotel if you can, and not use the, um, the restrooms. The, sometimes you see in America, in some of the big airports, you'll see do not squat, a, a, a person standing, a little sign with a person standing on the toilet. And that comes from this Chinese thing where you have to squat in order to use the, the holes in the ground. And I don't think they're very sanitary. So there's two areas where you and I agree on what was not very pleasant. Um, I was going to see if I had any other notes on things that I really didn't like. I I really liked China. I found it really interesting. We had wonderful food. We didn't talk about that much. Oh, but... yeah.
1: I was going to say that I there was definitely foods that I hadn't tried before. Like they had like whole fish with like bone in and they'd serve it and you'd pick the meat off of the, the bones. And I thought that was a really interesting experience because we usually here, we get our fish like already filleted, deboned, you know, you just throw it on and you eat. And I thought it was very interesting and more of like a communal sharing idea of eating.
0: Well, they have a, we all set at round tables. Maybe it's because we're, uh, We were on buses, but I don't think that was exclusively why, because there were Chinese who would come in and do that, too. And then they'd have a round, uh, lazy Susan in the middle, and they'd Mm -hmm. put all the dishes in the middle, and you'd spin it around and serve yourself. And so you'd be sharing with everybody who was at your table. Can.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought that was a very neat way because then you get to try a bunch of little things. You don't have to worry about not liking a dish if you don't like it. You just go try a different one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a great way to. try And that the is where food.
0: our, where my husband and your father shined. He tried every, every dish day. every time. All of us would look at something that looked very odd, like floating eyeballs or something, right. and he'd go, "Okay, well, I'll try it." And he always did. And uh,
1: I feel like he never said he didn't like anything, though, so I don't know if we can fully trust his judgment.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he pretty much—maybe has no taste buds left. I don't know. He's a big hot sauce person, so he may have—but we did have a wonderful Peking duck dinner, too, mm-hmm. yes. so we could get that experience. And the other thing about traveling with the Caldwell Chamber of Commerce, which seems like a really odd group to take to China— Because if you're not from around Idaho, Caldwell is a very small rural town. Now, it's growing a lot. But when we went 10 years ago, it was a very small rural town. And I'm going, why are they going to China? And they were actually, most of the people on some of the buses were actually there for business. And so it was a business write-off for them. They actually got appointments with government agencies in order to sell product. And then they got, as part of that business Project, they uh, got the right off of touring the country too. <laughs> so we had people with us who were wine growers and uh, various uh, agriculture project. Caldwell is an agricultural area, so I think we had some cheese sellers right. with us. So we didn't see those people when we were. Some of the stuff we did, we just did while they uh, were meeting with government officials. we It was interesting to me, we went to a Circus de Soleil, I think that's how you say Circus it? Circus de Soleil. Yeah. De Sol, yep. Just like we have in Las Vegas here, we went to that, very elaborate. And across the top it said, welcome, Caldwell Chamber of Commerce.
1: <laughs> and you're like, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: I was left laughing because, see, you're going, really? In China? <laughs> how is this possible? But we actually did. We flew down to Shanghai for our last stop, and that was, I like that city a lot better than uh, Beijing because it was it's more modern and mm-hmm. not as crowded. But um, I don't know. What did you think of Shanghai?
1: I thought it was really nice. Um, I think it was definitely yeah. It was definitely a different pace than Beijing. Um, but I think for that point in the trip, it was nice to have that that change.
0: Yeah. And it has, they have, it's more modern. They have these bright neon lights. Remember the mm-hmm. neon lights? Like, you just don't see here at all. They go all night long.
1: Yeah, it's like a show. A it's spectacle. like
0: China never stops. Well, it does now. We know they've been in lockdown for a uh, considerable length of time. But when we were there, they it just never stopped. So the real reason we went was because of your question of uh, why would your mother uh, give you up and... I wanted you to have a better sense of your culture. So my question is, do you think you got your question answered? Did you?
1: I think I think I can never fully grasp, like, why, because I, I haven't had the chance to ever meet her. I don't think I probably will be able to track her down at this point. Um, but I, I think I had closure and came to terms with just having such a, fine opportunity growing up with you and dad. Um, I've been really fortunate with all my opportunities and I think that was something that really kind of showed me on the trip is that I, I'm not sure I would be where I am today um, in like a similar situation with the amount of opportunities in my education in STEM if I had grown up uh, in China. Um, I'm not sure what the situation was like, like if they could even afford to have me as a kid. So it, it could have been a lot different um but i i just feel so fortunate um that i was able to grow up
0: oh that's so nice of you to say <laughs> see i thought you were going to say see everywhere we went we would see these big babies and by big i mean maybe oh 30 feet high on buildings <laughs> and that would be where people had to go register to have children and that was before, uh, and they changed all their rules by the time we got there. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we adopted Kayla, they had the one child policy and people. So if you had a second child, you got fined. Uh, or if you had a girl, you couldn't have the opportunity to have a boy and mm-hmm. boys are more honored in China than girls were, at least. Yeah, at they're the caretakers
1: period. for the parents, so it was more... The economic their interest, reality. Yeah.
0: yeah, the economic reality of China, especially agricultural China, is that you need a young man to help you Keep carry family on. family name
1: and take care of everyone, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you have to have a man do that, but that's their vision, their culture, yeah, is that you least, do. At
1: least before they changed yeah. the policy, but...
0: Well, that is really nice of you to tell us how much you
1: like us, <laughs> and
0: is that one of the reasons you liked coming? But you told me as we were getting on the plane that you were really glad to be an American. And-
1: yeah, I mean, I, I just think that I've had so many opportunities that I wouldn't normally have, have found or seen, um, and like hobbies, too. Like I don't, I don't think growing up in those cities, it's probably pretty hard to get outside, and that's like a big part of who I am, is I like love being outside, doing stuff in the mountains, um, and, I mean, that was another thing that stood out to me, um, was just kind of the pollution too.
0: Oh, I meant to mention that. I don't think anybody can imagine what pollution is like until they've been in Beijing. Yeah, the, the really stood out. It would be yellow. The it would you would have a yellow day. I mean, it was it was awful, and you could hardly breathe. And I don't think we even know what that's like, you know, unless you've seen it. And yeah, been I mean, in we've been middle. to
1: New York, and you know, that's a pretty populous area, but it's it's just so much more condensed and dense over there.
0: No, it's the the pollution is much worse in in Beijing than in New York for sure. Um, and, of course, we have to work on it everywhere because it's causing all this global warming. But uh, you just can't underestimate how much China has uh, in terms of their air pollution is just terrible. I'd forgotten about that. So uh, are there any other thoughts you'd like to share about your um,
1: trip? Not in particular. I do think I, do think I might want to try and go back um, in my adult life. Um, I think it could be good to see a different perspective. Because, I mean, we did go when I was a, older than a, and a child, you know, a teen. Um, but I, I do think that it could still be an even, like, more, like, a, a different experience um, as an adult. Oh, I back. think you
0: should go back. Yeah. I think for
1: if for no other reason, I
0: if I were to say one thing about, and they changed it, that they did wrong with our trip was we missed the terracotta soldiers. That's true.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that. And And that's something that I would love to see.
0: Right. And they, for the people who are listening in and don't know much about traveling in China, they are 6,000 life-size soldiers that they found buried in a 20-square-mile area. And there's horses and chariots, and there's all different kinds of levels of the soldiers. And the next trip that went did go to see... uh, the soldiers, because I think we all wrote that we should have gotten to do that. And I think it would have added a little extra cost, but not a lot. The big expense, of course, is getting there. And it's a really long air flight. But for sure, I think you should go back in your lifetime. Now, China, of course, has been closed because of COVID. Well, it's been a little open, but not just for very limited right. uh, amounts. It's going to be it's supposedly opening up more in January, but they've had such an awful experience with just going from being sealed down to open society. Uh, that's not doesn't seem to be working out very well. So I'm not sure how soon regular travel would start, but I would encourage people who have an interest in the Orient there's just nowhere else to go where you can get such a sense of human history and really the skills of mankind way back into the past, and some just interesting things in terms of the silkworms and the Silk Road. We saw a silk being made, and we we went and had tea where they grow tea, and we saw pearls.
1: Oh yeah. Got some. People nice went earrings. crazy going pearls. <laughs> Choose your and, oyster.
0: and maybe finish on one uh and do you if you have something more I won't finish on one funny story, but No, oh, you can share it. I'm I happy can. to hear it. Well remember when we went in and they had all those pharmacists run out? Oh yeah, and they said dad was senile. Uh, yeah. They <laughs> they the, see my husband is a physician, and he's a very fine physician, and they took us to a place where they were doing, uh, what kind of medicine is that? Uh, like
1: naturopathic. The
0: naturopathic medicine, and they, uh, much to my amazement, everybody in our group, we had three buses, decided they wanted to be somehow evaluated by these naturopaths, and then they were buying medicine right and left, and Pete was appalled by it, and and set, and sort of showed that he was not into it. And when his when his evaluation came back, it said he was dim witted. <laughs> and he's and one of the like, huh. <laughs> Well, he's one of the smartest people I know. So I mean, that's like it was so outrageous, but see there was sort of a, a feedback loop between he didn't think people should be buying medicine in China.
1: Right. And from
0: folks who had barely evaluated them and I think the people were doing the evaluation could tell he was not in favor of it
1: right yeah that's not to say that like the easter medicine doesn't have its place and its benefits but but for for dad he was not (laughs) he was not interested in what they were selling or pushing well i sure appreciate you coming to visit
0: with me it's a delight
1: well i'm happy to be here i'm glad you asked me i know i had a little reservations but it's been it's been quite fun
0: well, I can't tell you what a delight it is to have had you as you're still my daughter. So, not to, I don't <laughs> want to put it in the past tense, but you were just one of the great joys of my life. And so I appreciate you for whatever reasons God sent you into our lives, and you were a joy to spend your younger life with us. And we're so thrilled you're out doing well. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for spending time in Dame Julie's universe. And my my family is a big part of my universe. And so sharing my daughter and having her visit with us while she's in town is just a great gift to me, which leads me to, uh, I've kind of made a short list for the new year of bucket list items that I did last year. And I'm going to share with you over the next few weeks as we move ahead. And one was I went to Egypt, and I had a marvelous time. I did that with my son. I ride horses all the time. I continue to play my ukulele, and I tried out for Americans Got Talent. And I don't think I'll hear back from them, but it was fun to do. And I want to leave you with one thought. Carp diem, which means seize the day. So as you move forward tomorrow or in the next few days ahead, try to live and stay in the present moment. Try to seize the day. I think you'll find your joy meter will go.